Blog Talk Radio. What's going on, folks? It's your boy, Long Beach Joe. Jets got a tough game coming up. We're going to be playing the Los Angeles Chargers. We got a lot of talk about. Got guys that have gone on IR. Got a lot of questions about this defense. A lot of questions about this football team going forward. But listen, I'm the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook. Search Long Beach Joe. Like that page. My content's up there as well. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth with folks about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback. I love hearing about what you folks think I do here on the Long Beach Joe Show. So without further ado, folks, let's go ahead and get into the show. I am fired up. Listen, you got a Jets team right now that is dealing with some issues. Uh you got Bless Austin, who, you know, we saw had a neck issue, neck injury. Uh, we thought it was just a strain, but he ends up going on IR now. We got a secondary that, you know, has a lot of questions, a lot of young players coming into it now. A lot of guys that we're looking at in this situation going, hey, you know, what are we going to do going forward? What's going to happen? You know, Flacco starting, Sam Darnold's not playing this week either. Just a lot of questions, a lot of questions. And we're going up against a football team in the San Diego Chargers, that's serious, or excuse me, the Los Angeles Chargers, that's serious business. You know, they really mean business. This is a young team. Uh, you know, it's got some solid players on it. They got some veteran guys on there too. Uh, you know, Keenan Allen, so on and so forth. And they got a really young quarterback that's really looking solid. You know, this guy that can really put up some points here, throw the football around. Um, and we've got to be, we've got to go out there and be ready for him. So before we get into the game, before we start talking about, you know, the matchup in particular, uh, here on the Long Beach Joe Show, we love to, you know, highlight charities that are doing great things in the community, doing whatever they can to help the community. And so I partnered this year yet again with the Community Food Bank of New Jersey. Uh, we're going to bring on a, a woman, Nadine rosenbaum Lure. She's going to come on and speak to us about just exactly what they're doing over there at the Community Food Bank and how they're impacting the community positively. So, Nadine, uh, welcome to the Long Beach Joe Show. How are you doing today? Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm doing great. Yeah, that's that's awesome to hear. Now, Nadine, can you give us some background on the Community Food Bank in New Jersey? Of New Jersey is celebrating its 45th year. Um, this year, we were founded in 1975 in the back um, of our founder's station wagon, um, and we have grown to be the largest anti-hunger and anti-poverty organization in the state. We serve, we directly serve 11 counties as the 21 um, counties in New Jersey. And, you know, it's Thanksgiving, so we're extremely busy, um, especially um, with the pandemic that is, um, that is going, you know, continues to go on. Um, you know, food insecurity in New Jersey is projected to increase 56% this year. Um, but for children, it's projected to, to increase by 75%. So in 2008, mm. one in nine children in the state was food insecure, um, and because of the pandemic, uh, Feeding America is projecting that one in five um, in the state of New Jersey um, will, you know, will be food insecure. Wow, those are um, those mm -hmm. are some stats right there, Nadine. What are some yeah. of the programs that you have for senior citizens mm -hmm. though that could be struggling mm -hmm. as well with food insecurity? 
Yes, so we have, you know, programs for children and seniors and, um, you know, job training, but specifically for seniors, we do hand out several thousand, um, you know, senior boxes um, for seniors, you know, low-income seniors, and then seniors who have mobility issues. Um, we do partner with, um, we work with uh, over a thousand agencies throughout the state. We couldn't do what we do without our partner agencies, so those are food pantries and soup kitchens, you know, which also, uh, you know, help, um, you know, seniors in need. Mm, mm. And that, that's, that's wonderful to hear. Again, everyone listening, um, speaking with Nadine Rosenbaum-Lower of CFBNJ.org, that's Community Food Bank of New Jersey. Nadine, can you clear up some misconceptions that the food insecurity doesn't affect people in affluent areas? Yeah, food insecurity um, is in every town, every city, every county in New Jersey. It doesn't matter where you live, from the most affluent to um, the poorest. Um, you know, and especially now, you know, with the um, pandemic, you know, four in ten people are visiting a food pantry, you know, uh, for the first time in their lives. Um, so the pandemic has really, really impacted you know, folks, you know, throughout the state, you know, no matter where they live. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, that's something I see as well, Nadine. And, you know, a lot of people think, hey, this is just an issue that, you know, is only, you know, dealing with people that are homeless or dealing with people that were, mm-hmm. you know, that are truly struggling. But like you said as well, we're seeing it in affluent areas as well, and I've seen it myself. What are some of the right. things that you folks do for your end-of-the-year uh, fundraising, though, to continue to help uh, the Community Food Bank move forward? Yes, so, you know, really what's so amazing about the Community Food Bank of New Jersey is that we can turn every dollar that you give us into three meals. And um, we have Giving Tuesday coming up, which is the Tuesday after Thanksgiving. Um, So that's about two and a half weeks. I think a week. Oh, my God, Thanksgiving's next week. So like a week and a half um, from now. (laughs) Um, We have like, wow, (laughs) I'm like like lost track of time. Uh, (laughs) um, You know, we do have different, you know, fundraising programs where, you know, your dollar is even more powerful. So on Giving Tuesday, actually, I'm usually on the, on the show on Giving Tuesday, um, yeah. every dollar is doubled. We have a very, very generous anonymous donor that, you know, that really doubles the power of your gift. So if you give a dollar instead of three meals, it's really six meals. Um, wow. And, you know, just throughout the year, yeah, we have, um, you know, obviously we always, you know, have food drives. A lot of people do that in November and December, but, you know, people are a little um, – you know, it's very hard for people to get out or, you know, maybe they don't feel comfortable, you know, donating food. So, you know, right now um, we have, we had our turkey drive today, um, you know, at different supermarkets throughout northern New Jersey. And we collected, you know, uh, a couple of thousand, you know, turkeys and several thousand pounds of food. But what we say to people, if you don't feel comfortable doing that, we have, um, you can always give online. Right now we have a virtual turkey drive. You know, our goal was $10,000. Last time I looked, you know, about an hour ago, we were about $1,000 away from our goal. Um, and wow. then, you know, so, yeah. You know, and we do have a lot of programs for kids. I know I have a daughter um, who's, who's in middle school. We have a lot of virtual, um, you know, programs for them. We have a teen summit coming up. You know, we do have student change hunger, which is which is wrapping up. But there's always, you know, throughout the year, you can always come um, and volunteer. Um, typically, um, it's 12. Uh, if you're 12 
um, or older, you can volunteer at any time. Right now, it's uh, yes to be 14 um, or older. So that's mm-hmm. one thing that the food bank was struggling with was, um, you know, people didn't feel comfortable volunteering. But we have, like, the strictest, um, you know, COVID um, precautions in place. It's a, I always tell people, um, I don't know, Joe, if you've been to the, uh, to the hillside um, location, um, you know, between our two locations, we have one um, right outside Atlantic City. Um, it's 285, you know, square feet. So that, in football terms, <laughs> is five football fields <laughs> long. So, <laughs> so there is, you know, a lot of, um, you know, room, you know, to volunteer, you know, sort through food. Um, so there's a lot of different ways, you know, um, that, that you can get involved with, with the food bank. Um, but, you know, what we always want to tell people is that every dollar you give provides three meals. Um, also, the food bank has maintained a four-star charity rating um, for the 10-plus years and only 2% um, of, um, of nonprofits, you know, are four stars. So there's a lot of, you know, um, you know ways that people could support the food bank, you know, and help their you know, neighbors in need. I always tell my daughter, and I've been telling her this for years, you know, I live in, you know, you know, a town where you wouldn't think there is any hunger. But I always said to her, you know, one at the time is one in seven. Now it's one in five. So there's, there is somebody in your class that is food insecure that doesn't know, you know, if they're going to have something to eat at night. And food insecurity, when you look at somebody, it's not like somebody is malnourished. A lot of times it could be, um, you know, if they are overweight um, and they're not getting, you know, the proper nutrients, you know, that they need the nutritious food. So that's something also at the, at the, that the Community Food Bank of New Jersey, you know, as part of, you know, its overarching goal is hunger is a health issue. And about a quarter of the food that we, you know, provide is, you know, fresh produce. And about 70% is foods that we encourage. Mm-hmm. Now, now, let me tell you something, Nadine. Everything that you folks are doing there is super amazing. Uh, just when you spoke about, you know, everything that the turkeys you folks are collecting and all of the, you know, the money and everything that you said as well. It's just wonderful to hear about everything that you folks are doing there because you are truly making an impact. I don't think a lot of people really understand how much you folks really do and how involved with the community you truly are. And so my final question for you, and you spoke a little bit about some of the things about donating, but where exactly can some of my listeners go to really help continue to donate, you know, their money or their time uh, to the community food bank? How can they get involved? Do you have a website? You know, is there places that they can mm-hmm. call? Can they send you folks payments? Mm-hmm. How can it exactly can they, you know, get in touch with you all? Sure. You can get all of the information at cfbnj.org. Um, our website mm-hmm. is very robust. You can learn about hunger in New Jersey, you know, the problem, the solution, you know, all of our programs. In addition to senior programs, we have child nutrition programs. We have job training programs, um, that food service training academy. So we're, you know, in addition to we're, we're shortening the line, you know, to make sure that people have, we say, food for today, help for tomorrow, hope for the future. So, you know, we, we really, you know, strive to, you know, get as many people, you know, off the line, you know, and self-sufficient, you know, as possible in the state. Yes, yes. 
And again, Nadine, I want to thank you for coming on tonight. It was great to speak to you again. I want to thank you for everything that you do with the community and the uh, Community Food Bank in New Jersey. Well, thank you so much for having us, us on and letting us, you know, tell the public, you know, what we do. And we really appreciate all the support that, that you give us every year. Absolutely, Nadine, and I'll continue. You have a good night. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye. Whew, that was Nadine rosenbaum Lord coming on tonight, speaking to us about the Community Food Bank in New Jersey. Folks, I'm telling you, any way that you can, get involved, cfbnj.org. Go over there. Donate your time if you can. If you can go and you know, help out in the warehouse or anything that they're doing. Or you can also donate your money as well, as she spoke about, too. Your dollar, that dollar goes a long way for the Community Food Bank in New Jersey. So, again, cfbnj.org. Get involved any way that you can. If you go, you know, on my social media, uh, you know, whether it be my Twitter, my Facebook, anything like that, it's plastered everywhere. So in case you're confused, again, on how to get in touch with them, you can come to my social media and click that link that's there, and it'll take you right to their website. So, Again, I want to thank Nadine for coming on tonight. So with that said, now we're getting back to the New York Jets. <laughs> now it is time to talk about the game that we have coming up uh, against the Los Angeles Chargers. This is a football team that has a lot of talent on it. I mean, you know, they've got some guys that can definitely get after it, particularly in a wide receiving core. A lot of things going on, uh, you know, with us particularly. So I'm going to get to the callers because we've got quite a bit of callers tonight. Again, everyone, if you want to call in, it is 515-602-9639. Again, 515-602-9639. All my guys in the chat as well. If this is your first time listening to me, uh, I also, you know, live stream during my show. So I got my savages in the chat, man. And they, they be going off. I ain't going to lie to you. <laughs> they be going off and they be talking crazy. You know what I mean? So salute to everybody, Daniel Roberts, Tony, uh, Phoenix, everybody that's in the chat right now. I'm going to come to you folks. So, you know what I'm saying? Let your, you know, opinions uh, fly. You know, and we'll definitely get there to you. Salute to my guy, Portwaite, as well. It's good to see him in there. But I'm going to get to these callers first. You know what I'm saying? We're going to get to these callers. And I want to go to Elias, man. Because Elias, I want to talk to you about this game that we got coming up. And I want to get your thoughts on, you know, some of the things that we're seeing right now, some of the issues that this football team has. Elias, man, welcome to the show. I want to get your thoughts on Blessed Austin being on IR, man. Um, It sucks, but he's not – I don't think he's as good as a lot of fans say. He's not getting coverage. A lot of guys think he's a good tackler, which I don't even think he is a great tackler either. Um, He makes a lot of mm-hmm. tackles, but he misses a lot of them too. But – uh. Yeah, it's a big loss. I think Poole is definitely a bigger loss. But, hey, man, with guys going yeah. down, you get to see other guys play. So I'm looking forward to Bryce Hall, obviously. I want to see um, what's his, Lamar Jackson. And I'm kind of curious Jackson, to yep. see what the dude – he's another undrafted guy, Javelin Gidry, who's, like, not very yep. good, but he's super fast. So you, he obviously yeah. has some, like, some physical tools. You can kind of look into being something with his speed. So I'm – I'm looking forward to hopefully mm-hmm. seeing him, but uh, yeah, yeah, you know, man, uh, you know, you, you bring up a great, a loss, you, but... you bring up a really good. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but you bring up a really good point. Oh, no worries, um, no and it was something I was gonna, I was gonna speak about as well. Was I know people are frustrated with us, you know, losing uh, Bless Austin. I am as well. 
Um, you know, I thought he was a guy. He's not a number one, uh, but he's a guy that may be able to fill in a role, you know, possibly at number two going forward for us or even being a, being a number three corner. We've seen flashes from him when he's looked really good. And there's also been some times where he's looked really bad. You know what I'm saying? But that's the thing with him is, you know, kind of the consistency because we saw him get roasted this year. But, again, with, with him going down, Poole being on the IR as well, um, you know, and we also got rid of Desir as well. And I want to get your thoughts on us cutting Desir too. Thank in a God. Second. But when <laughs> with those guys being gone, like you said as well, Lamar Jackson, uh, we're going to see him. He's going to get some playing time. Uh, Gundry, we're going to see him. We're going to get some playing time. And, and Hall, for me, um, is a guy that I'm extremely intrigued about because we got him later on in the draft mainly because of the injuries that he had, you know, in college. But a lot of people were saying if he had not have had those injuries, this guy could have been, you know, a, a pretty high pick in the draft. There was a lot of people talking about that, a lot of people talking about his potential and everything like that. So I'm excited to see those guys go out there as well. And, and like I said earlier, I really want to get your thoughts on Desir being cut too. Uh, you know, a lot of people looked at the situation and just kind of, you know, shrugged their shoulders at it, you know, and just said, hey, this guy should be gone, but I want to get how you feel. Um. So the first part with um. Oh, Bryce Hall. So I actually think I mm-hmm. I like Bryce Hall a lot. Um. I'm pretty sure he was a I think a senior, and I think he was eligible for the 2019 draft. And guys were talking to him like yeah. a second round pick, maybe even late first. So where we got him, like yeah, stuff yeah. that he got hurt and stuff. But like he yep. could potentially be our number two corner, um, for the future, which I'm really excited about that. This year, um, he was terrible, so I'm glad he's gone. Um, but uh, if you're going to cut the guys to get the young guys playing, I don't want to see Frank Gore. And I, honestly, I don't want to see Joe Flacco. I want to see what James Morgan has got, you know? Like, might as well. It's not like yeah. going anywhere. But. Yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, and you're right. We can talk a little bit about the offense as well. But like you said, and, I, and I've, I've talked about this too, is, listen, for the rest of the year, honestly, for this – pretty much this whole year, we should not have been seeing Frank Gore get more carries than P. Ryan. That's ridiculous, especially when you get rid of Le'Veon Bell in the fashion that we did. You, We should consistently see P. Ryan get a bunch of carries. You know, he shouldn't be out-carried by Gore, a guy that, again, I'm not disrespecting Gore. You know, you know he definitely is probably going to end up in the Hall of Fame at some point. Uh, but this guy, he's 37. He's almost a 40-year-old running back. It's like you're running this guy like he's 23. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's absolutely it's ridiculous. And you brought up another good point as well. James Morgan is a guy that I would like to see out there. I know that there's been a lot of talk, particularly from Adam Gay, saying, hey, you know, this is a kid that he doesn't feel is ready. It's unfair to put him in as a number two. But it's like, dude, you know, we drafted this guy in the, in the fourth round. We got to see this guy round. at some point. Yeah, we, we got to see him at some point. Like, some point this kid needs to be put in there or this guy, you know, is having issues. But to stick with this football game, I want to get your thoughts, man. You look at this offensively. we got a challenge here because the other Bosa brother, I mean, he's going to be on that field. How concerned are you that he's going to take over this football game? And what do you think the Jets can do to keep him blocked so that he doesn't just wreak havoc and completely destroy us? So before I get into that, I just want to say one thing about Adam Gase claimed that the reason Morgan can't play is because there's no preseason. So apparently all the mm-hmm. 31 other teams had a – apparently the other 31 teams had a preseason. So um, that makes sense. But um, to the game, uh, I'm a – I like 
He's a he's a stud, man. He he has a couple injury issues, mm-hmm. but he's a he's a beast. I saw his um his NFL top one hundred video last year. Both um Bulaga, who he's teammates with now, and David Bakhtiari, the Packers from the the Packers last year, both yeah. said that he was literally the hardest guy to block. So I want to see him go mm-hmm. up against Beckton because I want I'm curious to see that matchup. We found out that Beckton wasn't really hurt. He just had a cold that caused him trouble breathing. So. Luckily, it's yeah. like a torn, like a, a pectoral muscle or something like that. So I'm, I'm really intrigued for mm-hmm. that matchup. Uh, they'll probably be smart. The Chargers will probably be smart and play him on the right side. But even if he does, he got Melvin Ingram, and that's not an easy task either. So I think it should be a cool, you know, it'll, it's going to suck because it's great. But you'll also be able to see Will Beckton's shot, which I saw a thing today. Um, I forgot who it is. I think it's Daniel Jeremiah, some draft analyst guy said that he's in two to three years. Um, Makai Beckton will be the best off or best tackle in the league. So that's wow. That's good to hear. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm hear, always a guy. You know, look, I, I respect, I respect everybody. You know, take and and I love Makai Beckton as well. But I mean, he does look like he's going to be phenomenal. But I want to, you know, count our chickens before they hatch. <laughs> you know, oh, I don't want to sure. do that. You know, but. But I do think that he definitely has a lot of traits and a lot of things that we're seeing early um, where he just – he's phenomenal, man. I mean, he has truly made a difference. And this is what I was, had been talking about for years with this football team is that we need to invest in the offensive line and, uh, you know, do what we can to really set the table for our young quarterback, whoever – you know, this was before we got Sam – for our young quarterback to really be able to step out there and make plays. And I think Beckton being able, you know, to fill in on that left side and really be – you know, a, a big have a big time impact there it is huge for us because you know, and you know, I know Daniel Jeremiah said things. There's been other analysts that I've I've watched as well that has talked about his play and how phenomenal uh, that he looks there. And so I'm looking to see him, you know, especially up against the Chargers this week. I'm looking to see, like you said as well, I'm looking to see this matchup with him and Bosa. You know, how does he handle this situation? You know, does he get beat a bunch? You know, what can he do? Is he going to get a lot of flags? You know, I want to see what he's going to do because, again, even throughout the rest of this, you know, stretch of the season, he's definitely going to be tested. We're definitely going to play uh, quite a bit of teams that have guys that can get after, and they're going to, you know, they're going to test him. They're going to try to target him and, you know, just kind of see what's going on over there and see if he's the real deal. So, you know, I'm also worried about the Chargers just moving him over to the right side, and you spoke a little bit about that as well because I don't – I'm not a big Fant believer, man. And I no, I think either. that Fant, you know, me is going to get taken advantage of. Yeah, I think that Fant, Fant is going to get taken advantage of. But uh, keeping with the young guys on offense, man, how many catches do you think Mims will get in this football game? It's always a tough question because how many do I want him to get? How many do I think? Um, maybe around mm-hmm. five to six, six to seven. Maybe, I'm hoping something around that. Uh, hopefully it's not just like – you know, screen plays and crap like that. Hopefully it's like actually legitimate passes down the field. Um, so that I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, Perryman. And I don't even know. Is he hurt or who knows? But uh, I, I want to see no, him. He's 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 targets. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, he's just like he was on the injury report. He he always is. And he's so injury prone. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I want to see Mims get some time. I want to see um, – Yeah. Joe, like you said in your video, is is this Chris Herndon's week? Hey, man. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Please don't start talking to me. You know, uh, you know, you start, you know, a lot. You come on this show and you get it started every time. Listen, I, I, I just got to say this. 
for everybody that is in my mentions talking to me about Chris Hernan, stop. Stop doing that. All right? These are hey, the I'm same not. people. I... Okay. <laughs> These are the same people that were getting after me, okay, uh, in the preseason when I was saying, like, listen, the guy has not shown enough. I'm not going to consider him or our Travis Kelsey, you know, before he actually does some of the things that Travis Kelsey is doing. And he comes in this season. Yeah, he, he was he's getting terrific. hyped up in the beginning of the year. He was getting yeah, hyped oh up. People God. were like, yeah, Herndon's our X Factor. He's going to be our number one option. You know, great teams always have great <laughs> tight ends. With, I'm like, oh, dude, he's played like not even a full year. or had, Like he's missed the whole year last year. Um. Oh, my God. But, he's so hey, bad. If he's not dropping he's balls, so he's fumbling. If he's not fumbling, then he's, you know, he can't catch it. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's just completely ridiculous, man. I, I just, I don't, I, I don't understand this at all. I, I don't understand this. You know, some people's love and obsession with Chris Herndon. Uh, he, I just, I, I'm not with it. But just to keep on, you know, with, with what we got going on here, Elias, I want to get your thoughts on this too, man, because we're going West Coast this week. Are you concerned with this West Coast swing? that the Jets are going to come out and kind of sleepwalk and be lethargic? Well, they kind of always are, so I'm not. I'm kind of <laughs> prepared for it. But uh, I'm excited to, play, to have them play in that stadium. So fine. That's a cool stadium, man, with, like, the Oculus, the screen. Way better than the, the soup cut, uh, depressing air conditioner we play in. So uh, called MetLife. But uh, – I mean, now I'm going to tell you about that part on the West Coast, but, uh, uh, yeah, they're, it's, they're going to play like crap on the West Coast anyways, but, um, yeah. <laughs> oh, West my Coast, goodness. East Coast, Coast, Middle, they play crap. They play like crap everywhere. North, South, West, <laughs> East, the Jets suck. Wait, what is your final score prediction for the game, man? Man. Jet fans are like they're they're like oh man it's the Chargers we got this I'm like people are like well it's the Chargers it's not going to be that big of a deal I'm like yeah well it's the Jets we haven't won a game yet and all the the Chargers are like <laughs> the best two win team I've ever seen like they got some studs on the field of Herbert he's been unbe- unbelievable but um I think it's yeah. going to be a disaster especially with with uh some under, like we're going to have like an undrafted corner on like Mike Williams or something Keenan Allen like yeah it's, uh, it's it's going to be bad. And I don't know if Joe Flacco's – I think he's going to come back down to earth. I don't think he's going to ruin the tank like a lot of people were worried about. Um, maybe like 35 to, to 14. 35 to 14 Chargers? Yeah, Chargers, definitely. Okay, okay. I mean, I'll take it. But this is my last question before I let you go because I'm going to get back to these callers as well, Elias. I got a bunch of everybody, please be patient. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to get to you in a second. What are your thoughts on the comments Jamal Adams had about the New York oh Jets my God. not wanting to win? Oh, my God. Yeah, so apparently, you know. <laughs> to my family, anyone I know who has depression, I'm going to tell them, yo, you have depression? Move to Seattle. Then you're good. It'll go away. <laughs> or, like, what? like, this dude doesn't understand. Depression is a... It's a mental, it's like a diagnosed thing. It's not, oh, I'm sad. That means I have depression. Oh, I'm losing. Like, if, with his logic, every Jets fan has depression. And I'm pretty sure Seattle is, like, statistically the, the highest rate of depression in the country. So that's pretty funny. And then, you know, he goes on, Rich, on the Rich Eisen show, and he's like, yeah, man, I was, 
I was depressed, but you know, it's all love, man. Uh, but I had to make my move. I'm like, this, I can't. I'm so glad he's gone. And we got, he's played like crap, and we got a haul for him. So yeah, Jamal Adams. Yeah. If he hadn't lost all my respect before, he definitely lost all my respect, respect this time. I, I, I was gonna mention it, but I got, you know, I forgot about it for a sec. But yeah, thanks for mentioning that. But what a clown, man. <laughs> Hey, you know, I'm just here to ask the questions. I want to hear from the people. You know, I know a lot of people had a lot of, of you know, different feelings uh, about, you know, Jamal Adams, so on and so forth. But, hey, you know, it is what it is. But, again, Elias, I want to thank you for calling in, man. It was good to speak with you. Uh, next time I have a show, bro, you definitely got to call in. Of course, man. All right. You have a good night, man. You too. Oh, man, Elias. Coming on, just absolutely dropping the fire here with us. Oh, man, this guy knows what he's talking about. (laughs) He called in. He had quite a bit to say, Uh, you know, absolutely spilled everything, you know, how he felt about the the Chargers game coming up, Uh, you know, how he felt about things going on around here. I mean, (laughs) he had a lot to say, man. He had a lot to say and a lot to say about Jamal Adams as well. I know a lot of fans feel a certain type of way. Kind of is what it is, you know, but especially with the situation with the Jets and the secondary, the way things are looking, we all know, again, pools on IR, now blesses on IR. You got the young guys coming in. We've got five corners <laughs> left on the roster. You know, you got Hall, Jackson, Guntry, Millett, Valentine, you know, we got young guys. You're probably going to have Hall on Keenan Allen when we play the Chargers. It's going to be... <laughs> We're going to see, you know, what these young corners have and, and what they're going to bring to the table. Um, so before I get back to the callers, callers, again, I got quite a bit. I'm going to get to you in one second. I'm going to go to the chat really, really fast. Um, my savages in the chat, they love to get after it. They love to speak their minds, and I'm here to listen. Uh, Romeo Anthony, salute to you, Romeo. Uh, Romeo in the chat says, Mims will get five catches in the first half, and we will ignore him in the second half. That seems to be the formula. Hey. You know, I, I can't, I can't, can't knock Romeo. He's speaking the truth. There's some of the things that we've seen. We've seen that in the past. We've seen, you know, them go to Mims early. Things start going. Things are cooking. Um, and then all of a sudden, boom, in the second half, we just go away from them. And there's just nothing there. You know what I'm saying? So we've got to figure out a way to consistently get that guy to football in his hands throughout the entire football game. And, again, this is something that we're going to talk about as well going into this week. And we're going to watch it during the game is, hey, what kind of game plan is Loggins going to have? Is he going to be prepared for these second-half adjustments the teams are going to make? Because we've seen it. We've seen him struggle this year with that. Uh, you know, whether it be even in, you know, late in the fourth quarter when teams really clamp down and figure out what we're doing and impress us and we're in critical moments, he can't get the job done. The play calling just falls apart. Things fall apart, and they eventually end up losing the game. We saw that against the Patriots. You know, we had a, we had a lead. Things were going well. And then the Patriots kind of turned up a little bit, and then we couldn't do anything. You know what I'm saying? So kind of is what it is. But we're going to get back to the chat in a second. I'm going to get back to these callers, okay? I'm going to get to these callers because let me tell you something. We got some people on the line that want to speak their minds, okay? So I'm going to go to uh next caller I have. I think it's Steve. I think Steve is calling in. Uh, he's going to give us his take. Steve, is this you? How are you doing today, my friend? What's going on, Joe? How are you doing tonight? I'm all right, Steve. I'm all right. I'm feeling good. It's good to speak to you again another week on my show, man. Uh, you know, phenomenal. Again, I want to thank you for calling in. And I want to get your thoughts on this. We're going to start with the Jets offense. 
How important is it for Flacco to come out and be aggressive in this football game? It is, it is going to be important. I mean, he's got to show some aggression that he did a couple of weeks ago against New England in the first half. I mean, got to show aggression. You got to throw the ball down the field. Uh, you got mm-hmm. to um, you got it. You got it with just a really good game plan. Uh, obviously, uh, other things that have to happen is is that. Um, you know, with with this with this Charger team, I mean, obviously the biggest worry to worry about on that defense is their pass rusher Joey Bosa. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just it's going to definitely be a challenge, and especially the fact that we have to travel across the country and go out to LA to play against the Chargers. I mean, I mean, one thing I'll be looking forward to is in that game tomorrow is watching the Jets play in that beautiful new SoFi Stadium in in Los Angeles. I mean, that's going to be. That that's definitely going to be one thing to look forward to, to to tomorrow's game. But I mean, the thing is, we're facing a Chargers team. They're a rebuilding team, just technically like we are. Well, technically, I mean, I don't know how long our rebuild to go. Not like the Chargers rebuild. But the thing is, the Chargers this year have had so many heartbreaking losses. I mean, there were yes, they have. They were in this, and they and they just could never finish the job. I mean. I mean, a couple of games that I'll, I'll bring up when they lost on the last play of the game to Denver in Denver against the Broncos. Um, the when the, when the backup tight end had that drop pass in the end zone zone when Las Vegas won the game. Mm-hmm. Um, the other game that they had, which was really really heartbreaking to them. Well, I mean, it was a game they blew. Was the Monday night game in New Orleans back in October against the Saints? I mean, the thing is. The Chargers are a team, they're, they're very competitive, and they're very, very, very talented. It's definitely going to be a challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it is, Steve. I, and I, I, I told a lot of fans that, you know, because, again, and Elias kind of alluded to it earlier, there's a lot of fan, Jets fans that think, hey, this is an easy walk. You know, the Chargers, you look at their record, they're not, they're not, you know, better than us. We can absolutely beat them. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like you said as well, Steve, and it seems like you've been watching them. I'm on the West Coast. I, you know, I, I've checked some of their games. This is a highly competitive football team. They just had some, you know, heartbreaking things go on within the, you know, the, the throes of a football game. And they've, you know, found themselves on the losing end. But they've definitely been in a lot of games. Uh, they've definitely fight hard. They're, you know, like you said as well, they're a young team with a quarterback and Herbert that is, he looks really good. I mean, this this kid can make throws. He can make all the pretty much all the throws in the NFL, and he's not afraid to let loose. And so I'm just concerned that, you know, some Jets fans are really taking this week easy and thinking we're just going to floor the Chargers. And I don't think that's the, that's the uh, you know, the truth at all, especially like you said as well with the swinging gum, coming West Coast. You know, you got to be make sure you're prepared and ready. But my thought, my thoughts on this is, when you look at the situation offensively, we all know Sam Darnold's not playing. Flacco's going to be out there chucking this football around. I'm thinking, hey, we got to make sure that we get the ball in the hands of our young guys, of our young playmakers, the same way, you know, that the Chargers are doing. They're finding, make, making sure that guys get the ball in their hands and need to get the ball in their hands. And I'm looking at the situation. I'm thinking Mims has got to have a big day. I'm looking, you know, to ha- really see him get a lot of targets, get a lot of catches, and be able you know, to move the chains for us. I mean, Steve, how many yards do you think he'll end up having in this football game? Yeah, no, Mims. Uh, I, right now, I really, really can't predict of what Mims is going to do. It's just if I, if I had to predict right now, I would like to see him get around, like, between 75 to 100. But the thing is, though, it just depends on, on what Flacco does with the offense. I mean, listen – 
Flacco definitely did try getting the ball to Mims more in the Monday night game against New England a couple of weeks ago. But now, as I look, as I look into this in the same way in this game, when, when I look at this, listen, the Chargers have a very dangerous offensive team. As a defensive team, they're not, they're not the best defensive team in the, in, the, in the league. Their defense is okay, but what's going to make it tougher is for their defenses tomorrow is, is that the, the Chargers are at home, and that's what's going to make it tougher. I mean, way of how well, I look uh, wait at this second, game, Steve. too, Wait is, a second, Steve. Wait a second. Look, I'm not, I'm not saying they're the greatest defense in the world, but I will say that they have some players that can get after it. When you're talking about guys like Melvin Ingram, when you're talking about guys like Chenna Nwosu, when you're talking about guys uh, Hayward as well at corner, who I think is a decent corner, they also have, again, Bosa. And if you look at the situation we have here, we've struggled this year, uh, you know, protecting, you know, our quarterback. We've struggled. We've seen it all throughout this year. Sam was taking hits. We saw, we saw Joe Flacco running for his life before, taking 28-yard sacks. Where he's just running backwards trying to just get out of there. Guys, are yeah. we're having issues blocking our offensive line. Outside of Becton, who's been a bright spot, our offensive line is horrific. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, the offense. Well, I well, mean, Connor McGovern, that signing doesn't look, you know, he's very up and down. Fant's very up and down. So before, you know, you just say, hey, this defense, you know, yeah, they're going to be at home. No, this defense has some guys that can get after it, and we've got to make sure that we account for them, especially Bosa. You know, aren't you concerned mm-hmm. about him taking over this game? Because he's that type yeah. of special. He's that good, Steve. Yeah, no, no, I, it is it is a big concern. The, the thing is, Joey Bosa is a guy who I'm really, really concerned with. It's just I don't know what's going to – but like I said, that's the biggest thing that has to do with – and that's protection. I mean, listen, J- the Jets' offensive line has, did have one good game this year, and that was against – and that was our last game against New England. I mean, Joe Flacco only got sacked once, which was towards the end of the game a couple of weeks ago. But the thing is, though – the Jets' offensive line's got to protect Sam. And the thing is, right now, the offensive line moves, you know, you like Douglas has made this year. I mean, well, I'm talking about with Flacco, yes. But I'm talking about the offensive mm-hmm. line. The offensive line has mm-hmm. to do their job on uh, tomorrow. If they don't do their job tomorrow, we're going to be in trouble. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're speaking facts there, Steve. And to go over to the defensive side, uh, you know, because, again, you look at our defense, we're having some issues. I want to get your thoughts on, on us cutting Pierre Desir um, really quickly, but what are your thoughts about our secondary as well with him being gone? How do you feel going into this football game? Yeah, the secondary – listen, the secondary is, is the one thing on the defense tomorrow that I'm going to be worried about because the thing is the Chargers have two phenomenal receivers in Keenan Allen and Mike Williams because they're both very good, talented receivers. And then when you look at their, and when you look at, at our cornerback situation, listen, Pierre Desir is cut. That was the right move. He should have been cut a long time ago. Um, Bless Austin is now on IR, and Brian Poole is out for the year. But now the one thing that you got to look forward to in the game tomorrow is what is what these young corners can do. But mm-hmm. the thing is, though, like because they're going to be going up against some chart against offensive play, playmakers on the Chargers tomorrow. And honestly, I honestly have a feeling that, that tomorrow that there could be a possibility that Justin Herbert could have a field day tomorrow throwing against our secondary. Man, you, you know, there's a, there's, there's a big possibility, Steve. I mean, you're speaking fact. You look at this situation, you, you brought up uh, some, a lot of great points, but 
you know, you look at our corner situation, bless Austin now on IR. You spoke about Pierre Desir, you know, getting cut as well. Thank goodness that guy was garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we're looking at the situation. We have Hall, Jackson, Guntry, Mallette, uh, Ballantyne. Hall and Jackson are probably going to maybe be our number one or two corners, which means, hey, you're going to have Keenan Allen out there, you know, probably being covered by Hall. You got Williams out there again. A lot of people, you know, sleeping on Williams. That dude is a big physical wide receiver. Um, you'll probably have Lamar Jackson on him. So, and, and uh, as well, uh, and I want to get your thoughts on this too. I'm very concerned with Hunter Henry, their tight end. Uh, this is a guy that <laughs> is a playmaker. He's, he's a very solid tight end in this league. When you look at the situation away from our corners, how do you think our linebacking core is going to be able to handle him? I mean, what do you think should be done? Do you think Marcus May should be brought down and he should be the guy that should be, you know, a responsible, responsible for covering Henry or how would you handle that situation? Because Hunter Henry is a, is a, you know, a hell of a handful too. Yeah. It's just, the thing is, is that in that game tomorrow is, is with Hunter Henry is, is that, you know, it, it's definitely, that's definitely going to be an issue because I know we, we've had difficulty at times, you know, with the, with linebackers cutting the covering our tight, the tight end. But yeah, the thing is, you got to put the pressure. You got to make Herbert uncomfortable. I mean, unfortunately, the Jets yeah. unfortunately couldn't put pressure on Cam a couple of weeks ago. You got to try to make this quarterback make rookie mistakes. I mean, listen, last week Justin Herbert is as of right now coming off his worst rookie game of his of his season so far of his rookie season. But the thing is, like, we got to make him make the mistakes like what the Dolphins did last week against. Um, the Chargers. I mean, it's definitely going to be a test tomorrow to go out to California and play against those those Chargers. But we got we got it. We got to go out there. We got to play our hearts out, and hopefully, we will get our first W. Hopefully. Yeah, you know, I'm hoping that as well, Steve. You know, I'm hoping that we can go out there and take care of business. I mean, this is a Chargers team that you know has a lot to. Has a lot to offer us, and especially with our secondary being as beat up as it is, I know it's just going to be really tough for us. And you talked a little bit about uh, Herbert and making sure that he gets pressure on him. I mean, do you think that it's wise for Greg Williams to blitz the Chargers quite a bit, or how exactly would you like to see us get pressure? I know a lot of people are saying, hey, maybe put Jordan Jenkins, try to put him in a position to, you know, hopefully try to get something going on as a pass rusher. I mean, what do you think that we should do? Should we just send the house of Herbert consistently? Yeah, yeah, no, no, we, we, we got it on some plays during the game. You got to try and blitz them. Like, you got to make Herbert uncomfortable. You got to make him feel like he is a rookie quarterback and make him make rookie mistakes. Because if, he, if, if you don't do that, then he's just going to throw all over the field against us. Yeah, yeah. And also with Quentin Williams being back into the lineup, it looks like we're, he's going to be playing in this football game. What are your expectations of him, man? Because I know some people – feel like he's done enough, but there's quite a bit of fans that feel like they haven't seen enough from him this season. Uh, how are you, what are your thoughts about him? And what do you think he, what do you think that he'll do in this football game against this Chargers offensive line? Yeah, no, the thing is having Quentin Williams back is definitely going to be a good upgrade because obviously it, it should hopefully help us get more of a rush against Herbert. It definitely is going to be a help, but we'll see what happens tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. So, Steve, uh, what is your final score prediction for the Chargers versus the Jets? Here is my thing. I think the Jets are gonna are gonna definitely play another good competitive game tomorrow against the Chargers. But unfortunately, 
I got to give the edge to the Chargers because I do think the Chargers have a better team with the fact that they have a rookie quarterback and we have the veteran. So I'm going to have to go with I'm going to have to go with 27 Chargers, 17 Jets tomorrow. Wow. Wow. 20 you said 27 Chargers, 17 Jets? Correct. Yes. Well, Steve Hudson, I hear you. You know, not a lot of people taking the Jets today and I feel you. My final question for you though, Steve is what are your thoughts about Jamal Adams' comments about the Jets not wanting to win? You know something? Listen, Jamal Adams, As much, I honestly used to really love the guy, and at first I really wanted mm-hmm. him to come back and get him the contract extension. But honestly, the way how he acted and talked about depression like that, it was a very, very, very disgusting act. And now, honestly, to this day, now I am glad that we got rid of him. Because if, if, if he was still on our team to this day, he would have caused a lot of drama on the team. And, and honestly, there would have been issues around the team. Luckily, there isn't drama around this team. I mean, obviously, there really isn't too much of it. But the thing is now, now, now the thing with the Jamal Adams situation, now that's in Seattle's hands because – because the thing is, you don't know if Seattle is really going to give him that kind of money after when the season is over in the offseason going into 2021. Mm. So, you know what? In a way, Joe Douglas hit a home run with that with, with that trade. Wow, yeah. I, I know a lot of people that, that feel the exact same way, Steve. You know, I mean, we did end up getting two, two firsts, you know. So, we got some firsts, and uh, we ended up, you know, as well with a third-round pick. So, you know. Those are, it was a solid move. We got a solid move for a guy yeah. that I thought we needed to move on from. And, you know, it is what it is. But it's just, you know, it's just – it's crazy to see him, you know, continue to, to you know, throw shots at the Jets. We've seen him do it in the past, too, especially when he first got traded to Seattle. We saw him continuously, you know, throwing shots. And now he's speaking, you know, that you know about how he felt uh, while he was here and how he needed to get out of here as soon as possible. So, you know, I definitely want to get your yeah. thoughts on that, Steve, because you're one heck of a fan and you know what you're talking about, bro. Yeah, thank you, man. Joe, have a good night, man. All right, you have a good night, Steve. All right, bye. Woo! Steve calling in. Listen, bringing the fire. I respect Steve. I respect him, you know. He took the Chargers as well. You know, there's quite a bit of people taking the Chargers. Uh, You know, I understand it. This team, you know, this Jets team, we have not won a game yet this year. Things are not looking good. We got guys on IR. You know, situation is just—it's not panning out well. I don't, you know, I don't want us to go on sixteen. I'll tell you that—that's not what I want. That's definitely not what I want. But uh, this team is—this team's not looking good. Not looking good. Again, five one five six zero two nine six three nine five one five six zero two nine six three nine is the number if you want to call in. I'm gonna go to my savages in the chat, man. There's a lot of people going off right now. I got quite a bit of callers. I will get right back to the callers in one second. I'm going to go to the, to the chat really, really quickly. And I want to hear everyone's thoughts. So uh, going to the chat, Cliff in the chat. Yo, salute to you, Cliff. Cliff says, Becton, if healthy, can handle Bosa. I've seen him do it all year. Okay. I respect that. I think that, listen, I think that Makai Becton is a phenomenal tackle. We've seen it. We've seen him, you know, be phenomenal this year. We've seen him take some guys that, are, you know, credible veterans in this league and put their nose in the dirt. We've seen him do it. We've absolutely seen him do it. Uh, but, you know, again, let me tell you something. 
This is Bosa. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to go crazy. I'm just saying this is this is Bosa. You know what I mean? This this dude is serious business. I don't want to, you know, cut him short. I don't want to, you know, disrespect him. Uh, we're going to see though because he's going to be tested. And there again, there's other guys coming on down the line as well that's going to test us. You know what I'm saying? As far as you know, pass rushers. And again, the Chargers can move him over to that other side, and I think he just gets gobbled up. Uh, or I think he just completely eats up uh, George Fant. So I want to see how the Jets account for him because you have to figure out some way to keep him blocked. So we're going to go back to the lines. My guys in the chat, please keep going off. We're going to get back to these lines, though, man. Uh, first call I'm going to, 984. It's my guy from North Carolina. You know what I'm saying? I want to get your thoughts, my man, on what the Jets uh, are coming into in this football game against the Chargers. I want to thank you for calling in. Give me your thoughts about Pierre Desir being cut. Well, it's about time. I know you <laughs> uh, performance has been, been lacking for quite a while. Because the way I see it now, we had such folks, you know, that we put together a solid group. I know we didn't expect any of them to be uh, Ray Mickens or, or Jarrell Revis or anything of that, anything like that, but uh, it was Thorny lacking. We've been struggling ever since Revis, so sadly. Yeah. I think the only thing yeah. we can do is yeah. cut our losses and uh, you know, he didn't need to be there. We need to cut him and we need to cut Chris Herney too. He better be glad Oof. we don't have a coach like a young Jimmy Johnson, a young Bill Parcell. They were kicking his behind. So there's no excuse for him to be doing what he's doing. I'm kind of mm. see if you know he yeah. didn't have the ability, he's kind of like a little Rudy story and he, you know, they want that much expectation or, or Wayne Corbett. You know what I'm saying, little guy. But to have the tools he has and that underperformed the level he has is just it's it's disgraceful. It's sickening. Yeah. You yeah. Know? It is. It is. Uh, you know, I know a lot like I and I'm I'm gonna keep telling people that. People that hit me up in my inbox consistently about Chris Herner, oh yeah. Joel, you just really going No, Chris Herner sucks. He sucks. <laughs> like he's so yeah, bad. It's for... ridiculous that yeah, he not only you he, know, I mean, his route running is horrific. He can't keep the ball. About you know, he's fumbling. Yeah, yeah, fumbling and bumbling. That's all. Uh, that's bad. And I look at the history of the yeah. franchise. I remember when I was coming up, Mickey Shuler. They were always dependable. And even for for yeah. for a time, most of his tenure, uh, uh, um, what's the other dude? Tag, um, you know what I'm talking about? He played uh, played with Sanchez. You know what I'm talking about? Dustin Keller. I think his, his final year was a wash, but other than that, he'd been a very, uh, very productive player. And he's one of the few players we had that actually gave the Patriots some problems and, and Belichick never figured him out. You know, we kind of gave mm-hmm. him his own medicine with, with Keller a little bit, you know, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really sickening to see Herman perform at the level, you know, because the way Crowder's performing, that's the way we expected Chris Herndon to perform. You know, a lot of catches, yep. maybe about 60-some yards, you know, losing effort. Maybe he give us 50, 60-some yards receiving, maybe out of uh, yep. three or four catches or whatever. We expect to see, you know, see some productiv- productivity, but all this fumbling mm-hmm. and stumbling and bumbling, you know, he's, I mean, he better be glad you don't have a good, competent coach. His butt would have hit that cement before his feet did. He would have been cut a long time ago. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, this, this it's horrific. It's horrific. It's supposed to be hard on the guys that have the expectations, the guys that are supposed to be good, 
And, you know, the expectation for him this year was to have a big year, a breakout year. So you're yep. proud to that. He yep. had a little nagging injury, then the, the suspension. And that was kind of a red flag at that time. But we tried to cut him a break because we saw such upside potential and we saw the potential rewards. But looking at it now, it's a wash, man. I don't know what to do. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. set cut. I'm already looking yeah. ahead to the draft. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it. You know, there there's so many things that we're gonna we're gonna need to you know evaluate going forward, and so many things, uh, oh, yeah. so many holes that we're gonna have to fill in the draft. But that tight end spot is, is definitely probably gonna be, you know, one of them. I don't know how high it is gonna be up on the list, but it's definitely gonna be one of the spots we need to fill. But one of the guys that's really stepped up from our draft is Mims. I mean, how many catches yeah. do you think he'll have against the Chargers? If they throw him the ball, he could have at least seven or eight catches. Seven to nine, I think, mm. if they throw him the ball. And looking at Gase's mm. uh, tendencies, uh, he might get he might get half that if he's lucky. <laughs> you know, Gase might let him let yeah. him get a little something early and get into it. We'll get all excited. He'll rack up 30, 40 something yards in the first half. He's like, yeah, he's gonna give him the ball. Nope. <laughs> you might see yeah. one little uh, bubble screen. You know, the typical BS. One little bubble screen, yeah. that's it. He'll disappear the rest of the game. He'll think there's something wrong with Mim. No, there's nothing wrong with Mim. He's just not drawing up plays, and, you know, to get him in, <laughs> get him into the flow of the game. There's nothing wrong with Mim. Yeah. He's one of those guys yeah, I mean, that's, I'm really that's, excited about, you know, yeah. since Brandon yeah. Marshall. That, that's, that's, been one of, that's been one of the biggest issues as well. Is that like, and you talked a little bit about it too, is the game flow, getting Mims going and you thinking, hey, this is a guy, okay, he's hot. And then all of a sudden we just kind of tailor, you know, we kind of taper off and go away from him for the rest of the game. We've yeah. talked about that yeah. damn near every week, you know, whether he gets stuff right. early and then in the second half we see nothing or we see him, you know, maybe get a couple catches and it's like, okay, he's got four catches for, you know. 50 yards or something like that. It's like, come on, we got to right. see more. We got to see this kid get more targets. I mean, it's it's, it's mind blowing. Really man. It's completely mind blowing. We really see him flourish until we get a new coach in there. I think once we get a new coach in there and run a normal, halfway normal offense like we're supposed to, then you'll see yep. him featured and highlighted like I, I think he will be. I can just only hope yeah. that we yeah. add a compliment to him that we find. To me, he's tune like. You know, he's got the tall, you know, tall, long legs and long body. He's going to be yep. a matchup night. Yep. If we get a quarterback. Yeah. Like uh, Trevor Lawrence with his raw tools, and we tighten that line up, and they start going to him on a regular tip. He could be a really strong possession type guy, and I think occasionally give yeah. him some deep stuff, some fades, you know, like a like a flexible birds catch those fades, fades yep. out. So like Al did to the Giants back in the day, he jumped out, jumped one of the defenders for a touchdown. I could see at some point Mims doing that kind of thing, because I became aware of him mm-hmm. through Brett Coleman, you know, another YouTuber. He's pretty well known, just like our guy over here for the Jets doing a lot of analysis and breaking down film. Mm-hmm. And Brett did a YouTube piece on him prior to the draft. I took a look at it. He was Brett. I said, Brett, you look pretty good. So I really take a look and see what he's talking about. And the film study he had yeah. on Mims was magnificent. I said, what? Yeah. Mean, he reminded me of bits and pieces of different wideouts. Pieces of him remind me of yeah. Moss. In tune with yeah. the tall, lanky body, and then Michael Irvin getting off the line of scrimmage, using his hands, not letting you jam him so easy. I said, wow, could we get this guy? I was like yeah. dreaming of this dude. I saw that video, and then we got him. I was like, whoa, <laughs> we traded down. I thought we were going to take him initially, and then I heard we trade. I said, oh, my God, we're going to lose it. Yeah. And whatever, yeah. whatever it is, what? I think, uh, I think uh, 
Douglas had some inside tips. You never know. A lot of stuff we're not privy to if all them GMs talking. They yep. probably already knew he was going to fall. So that's why he traded out of that slot, which was excellent. We got the other uh, compensatory yeah. picks, the other picks we needed, and went on and got him anyway. Now all we need to do is get him yeah. a compliment. Now, for what I'm hearing, there's some other speedy-type wideouts that are in college that could be. We won't have to take in the first round. It'll probably be there for a second, third round. Just a speedy type to compliment mm-hmm. him, that Wesley Walker that can just run the fly routes, the sub-four threes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. To keep defenses honest is probably what we'll need to compliment them. And obviously, we're going to need a tight end. And there's no telling what we'll do with this first pick. But I think yeah. we're looking I, I mean, smart to trade with Jamal Adams. Yeah, yeah. And I want to yeah. get your thoughts on that. Um, you know what I'm saying? What, what are your thoughts on Jamal Adams' comments? Uh <laughs> <laughs> about uh, the Jets not wanting you know, to win. It, it, looks, it looks like to me at this point with Jamal is um, he's, he's – I never thought this – I'd say this about Jamal. It looks like he's his own worst enemy. And uh, sadly, it looks like he, he just can't help himself and he's just digging a deeper and deeper hole. He better get his at together over there in Seattle. They're, they're not us. Mm. As much as I love my Jets, they're not us. They got it together down there. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? There's a yeah. different expectation with the base, probably the media, everybody. Pete Carroll, he better get it together and get his act together and start playing some good football. Otherwise, they're not going to they're not gonna extend it. He's going to wind up playing elsewhere. I don't see him finishing yeah. in Seattle. Yeah. I'd be surprised if they extend him, you know what I'm saying, because he's just a box safety. Though with us, he, you know, he performed at his peak as a box safety, and I don't well, think the same thing will happen to Seattle. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, he is just a box safety. <laughs> yeah, 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 you were right. I mean, initially, I think last year when it was when it was brewing, you were talking about it. I mean, it's not like I, when you were on the other side, it's not like I, I always respected you. It's, it's not like I didn't believe you, but I said, what? It's like you were seeing stuff that I just couldn't see. I couldn't see, you know, because, you know, we had been warning about good safety, you know. For a yeah. long time, even when he had Rex, you know, yeah, he wanted he safety like Jamal. Don't get me wrong. I like Kerry Rose. Something happened between Kerry and Rex. I don't know if Rex liked Kerry. But anyway, you know, yeah. uh, Jamal was the closest thing we had had to our own Troy Potter model caliber safety. You know, somebody could come down. You know what I'm saying? I was hoping the other dude, you know what I'm talking about, the other cat that we drafted that Rex had took that was a bust. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? He was supposed to be in that sledgehammer, that box guy that would come down and intimidate running backs. And then yeah, give no. quarterbacks a little something to think about. And, you know, that pick didn't pan out. And then Jamal came along, and he was everything we wanted the other guy to be. You know what I'm saying? He had attitude. He had swagger. He had all the right instincts. He seemed to never miss a tackle. He was always in the right place at the right time. Now, I'm not, not going to say he's Ed Reed. You know, Ed Reed was unique for that deep safety, that ball hawk. You know, you don't yeah. you, you don't often find that kind of safety. A lot of safeties can't play well, the way Ed Reed does. I think the closest I've seen to that is Paul Marlowe. Paul Marlowe was yeah, a well, here, here's, here's the down deal. and knock your head off like a box and drop back yeah. and make one head interception like a ball hawk. So, you know, that's one of a kind, yeah. one of the million uh, for Paul Marlowe. So, you know. here, here's, here, here's the deal, you know, and, and you know, I don't. I don't want to go too much into it because you know people know. Look, I, I don't have any ill will at all for Jamal Adams. Whatever, I never did. I just saw that he was a yeah. box safety, 
and you get, you know, it is what it is. Like, that's just what he's good at. And in today's NFL, when we talk about impact positions, and that's why I'll I'll continue to talk about impact positions, and especially going into the offseason because there's a lot of things that, you know, that we're going to need to have uh, fixed about this football team. Uh, One of the reasons why we're bad is because we're bad at impact positions. And counting on him to be a pass rusher or thinking that he was like – he he's just none of those things. Uh, yes, he did get sacks yeah. here, but a lot of that was schemed. He's coming off as a free rusher yeah, yeah, yeah. in a lot of those schemes. And guess what? Uh, he's blitzing when you do that. When you when you blitz, you know your secondary get exposed, yeah. especially if they pick it up. So there's just a lot of issues there. And I thought that we could trade him and use those picks to really continue to build this football team the way it should yeah. be built. And you know, You're I'm glad that we right. did eventually and make the move. The value of what yep. we got for him, I never thought we were going to get two yep. ones. I was thinking, you know, the, the word out yeah. is a one or three, and that's what I thought. My yep. mind thought thinking that way, maybe a one or three, I'd be happy for that. And then I heard two ones or three and a three. I'm like, what in the world? I mean, what were they talking about yeah. behind yeah. the scenes that he got two ones, a three, you know, and a serviceable safety? Wow, this, that's I just dude, that that's just. Time. Yeah, Joe Douglas really, I mean, he really swung, you know, and, and, and hit something right there. So it was good that he got the, right. you know, got the the, the capital back. That was, that was what was big. Getting yes, that did. capital back, getting stuff back yes, so did. that we can continue to build this football team means means so much. But, uh, you know, I got a couple of other callers I want to get to as well. To go go ahead. Quickly, mm-hmm. is, uh, yeah. We need to take our cap and take our draft picks and, pour, in my opinion, pour everything we have into the offensive side of the football. Don't get me wrong. I know the yeah. defense needs some pieces, but it's a time for us to put our emphasis on offense. And I know mm-hmm. only 11 men mm-hmm. can get on the field, so if we put our cap in draft picks, it's going to be more than 11 men. But I'm thinking about our overall Let depth. Me. I'm thinking about building our offensive line and, and replenishing yep. our overall talent. Mims can't do it by himself. Beckton can't do it no, by himself. Can't. They need help. You know? Man, let me tell you, I'm, I'm going to continue this show throughout the off season. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to do it year round. Let me tell you something. That is going to be one of my takes. I'm just going to tell you all this early. We need to yeah. pour into the offense. Period. Yeah, no doubt. There's no don't, we don't yeah, need to, don't to we don't need to consistently to invest that's into that's the that's defense. Yeah. yeah, that 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 time is over. This is an offensively driven league. I keep saying this mm-hmm. because that's literally what it is. If you do not have an offense that can keep up with these, you know, other top offenses that we're seeing, these guys that are going to the playoffs that are scoring, you know, 30 points damn near every game, 30-plus points damn near every game, and they will blow the doors off. If you can't keep up with that, you're done. And that that, that time has come to where we need to make a decision, and we need to do whatever it takes to better this offense. This offensive line has major holes on it. Like you said as well, Mims cannot do it by himself. You need to get other targets here. You must do whatever you can to better this offense, and that means we need to pour it all into the offense. There are a couple guys on my list, Rashard Bateman, uh, uh, Waddle, Rashard Bateman. uh, 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 What's the cat name? Kyle Pitt, Travis Edmond. I'm expecting him to slide. I don't know how far down, but we do have a pick. We may be close enough to scoop him up. You know what I'm saying? I've got a little list of names in the upcoming weeks when we start talking. I'm going to go over with him. I'm going to be glad to. Oh, yes. Listen, and we can talk, and you know, and I'm going to tell y'all again, because I'm going I'm to get my takes out a little bit earlier so people don't say that I'm copying yeah. their takes. I'm telling you, if we get 
the top pick, I'm, I'm going to be screaming trade down. And I, I might scream trade down more than once. Mm-hmm. I might be screaming that. You're talking about from the you know top, top I'm just position? letting y'all know early. Yeah, it's possible. Look at yeah, the offensive talent yeah. that's going to be out there, the skill talent that's going to be available yep. in that first round. I think all the way down yep. to that second pick, there's going to be somebody that's going to slide past. It could be Rashard Bateman or uh, Travis Edmonds yep. with running back being devalued. You know, I love his skill set. He could slide down. He could be the – the guy we could scoop up right at the top of the second round. People might be shocked that that dude was available yeah. in the second round, the first pick of the second round. Yeah. I mean, all that could happen, you know. But we got to address yeah. this offense. Yeah. We got to start getting serious. I'm really scared and nervous, you know. I've been scared and nervous for the last couple yeah. of years about Buffalo, and all of a sudden I'm hearing reports now about Miami. I'm like, oh, my God. Listen, and the thing that's so beautiful about this situation as well, and that's why that's why I love talking to you, because you always, I'm telling you, you always pull my future takes out of me every single time. But the thing that's beautiful about our situation is you do it every, every time you call in. I'll be like, oh, I'm just going to talk about the game. And then somehow you get me to start talking about how I feel about yeah. us going forward in the draft and free agency. And so you do it every time. Yeah. You get me every time, and I just go. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. A lot of these ideas, but a lot of things I throw out at you, you know, I've been conceiving of for, for months and months. And at the same time, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to see how we match up to our divisional rivals. I have great respect yep. for the Buffalo Bills and compliments to them for what they mm-hmm. did. They did the right thing. It was like Miami. It's like everybody division doing the right thing. So, oh, Miami got a good yep. coach. Putting good time together. But, Buffalo but, got a good coach. You put good time together. Yeah. We better get it together. We ain't got much time. Yeah, but the, thing, the thing that they also did well, too, though, the thing that they also did well yeah. was not only did they get a good coach, but they made sure that they uh, used their capital correctly and they built around their young franchise yeah. quarterback. And that's what I they think really is going to be did. huge for us, you know, going forward. I don't, I don't want to go too, too far forward, but – the next coaching yeah, hire yeah. that we have, he has to be the right guy. We can't fire Adam Gaze, and we should fire Adam Gaze. There should be – there's yeah. nothing that should save him this season. I don't give a damn if we win they can't, five they really games. They can't sell him you know, to anyone. They can't sell him to the to people yeah, who buy on PSA. You know, since they got into the new stadium, you hear about the PSLs and all. They can't sell that yep, stuff to them. Yep. Not bringing Gaze back no. there. And to tell you the truth, if yeah. you keep you, Gaze you, on, you don't, you don't know what uh, – Trevor Lawrence is going to decide to do. He may see that situation, see us as a joke, and decide, no, I'm going to stay, I'm going to yep. stay, in, uh, I'm going to stay back in. Exactly. Uh, and, and, that's, and that's why that's why getting the right guy in here, that number one is getting the right head coach in here. Getting the right head coach, so and I think number two is making sure that you get ball? the right talent in here to continue to build around um, your yeah. offensive, your offensive, uh, you know, you know, your, your offensive, uh, your franchise quarterback. Excuse me. You continue to build around yeah. your franchise quarterback to yeah. better your offense. You gotta use your that's pieces, right. and that's what I was saying. Was what's so beautiful about our situation is, even though it looks really bad right now, and it does, we yeah. have yeah. the capital and we have the potential to gain even more capital to honestly turn this that's around true. in a year, that's maybe true. a year and a half, two years. We have the capital yeah, to do that. So we have the picks from I Seattle. So we have our own picks. Yeah. If you trade down and you gain more capital, that means more players. And we truly have a chance possible. to do that. That's why that, I've been that, a big proponent. I know everyone loves um, Trevor Lawrence, and I completely understand that. I get why everyone loves Trevor Lawrence. I think he's phenomenal. Yeah. But if you really want to push this football team forward, if you really want to get cooking on rebuilding and turning the team around, then you trade yeah. down because guess what? We've seen what yeah. happens when you have 
a very talented quarterback. I mean, everybody talks about it. We ruined Sam Darnold. That's what everyone's saying. Yeah. And it's because That's he came he in here. We saw flashes. We knew he had the talent, but we never surrounded it with enough. And I could see us doing That's the same true. thing to Trevor Lawrence, even though we're trying to build. You know, we're putting him in a situation right. where he can't be successful right. because he doesn't have the targets right. and he doesn't have the protection mm-hmm. and he doesn't have the things that we need him to have to, you know, ascend as a quarterback. So I'm a big proponent of trading down, and I'm going to continue to say that throughout until the, you know, to the draft, the offseason, everything. That's going to be, that, right. that's my take. You're I'm standing right about with that uh, right now. Trading down. I don't know if you remember when I called mm-hmm. in uh, some weeks before, I had made that proposal and throw that out to you to see what you're going to say. Because uh, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, I really like the, the possibility of getting Trevor Long, but to tell you the truth, we're not ready. The offensive line Mm-mm. is in a state of flux at best, and that's not good for a young quarterback Ooh. like Trevor, even with his confidence and everything yeah. he's got going on. We don't have all the skill talent. Right now we've got Nims and Crowder. And how long is Crowder going to be yeah. with us? Maybe one more year, and we don't know what his option is going to be beyond 2021. Chris Herman's been a massive yep. disappointment. We don't know who the other yep. wide receiver pairman has been injury-prone. Yes, you're right. He's, he's on a one-year deal, but so he's not even going to be here next year. Perriman is not guaranteed oh. to be here next year at all. He's on a one-year deal. That's so he's probably going to be gone out the door. Long-term, you know, with his injury history and stuff, you know, that's kind of smart yep. that we didn't make a long-term, like a, a Cagden model. <laughs> it messed us up, been there four <laughs> or five-year contract and been stuck with him, you know, having to make it work. I think we got a GM. I like Joe Douglas. Got some sense. And looking at his tendencies, I would not be surprised if he doesn't make some kind of trade down. If he doesn't trade down with that first pick, Keep your eye out for that other pick we got for Seattle. Look for him to trade down with that pick and let the board fall to him. Especially oh, yeah. if we got that oh, yeah. pick because, in the second round. And that that was that was that was one of my takes as well. Is that using that utilizing that second pick that we have from Seattle was probably going to be in the twenties, maybe mid twenties, something like that. You know, depending on where they finish. That's right. Uh, That's right. You look at that. Let me tell you something. You trade down maybe once or maybe twice. You know, maybe you trade down a couple spots and you trade down again, maybe into the top of the second round. The second round is where you're going to feast. If you look at look at the second round of this last this past draft where we got Mims, right? You look at the top of the second round, though, Mike Pittman was there. There was a bunch of guys yeah. that was there that really could have helped us. I was screaming for Mike Pittman as well. Think about if we get maybe mm. – what if, what if we would have traded down or try, tried to finagle something? Maybe we get a – maybe we make the trade for Jamal Adams, right, and we send him to the Cowboys. Yeah. So we could have ended up with C.D. Yeah. Lamb. But if C.D. Lamb's not there, we trade down to the yeah, top of the yeah, second yeah. round, we probably end up with mm. Mike Pittman and Mims. That's two instead of one. Now think about how a wide receiver core would look with those two young guys Mm -hmm. and, you know, a future. There's so many possibilities and so many things that you can do. It's like you've got to do whatever you can to better this football team. And we are not in a position. For a while, trading that top Mm -hmm. pick in 2021, and the reason I'm even contemplating it is because of Jamal Chase and and, and, and Kyle Pitts. That's the only reason that thought's in the back of my mind because I want them bad. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, you imagine how scary, potentially scary, our receiving core would be if you have a Kyle Pitts roaming around with that lanky wide receiver body at tight end. What linebacker is going to match up to him? Are you kidding and not, me? And not just that, though. <laughs> not just that. But here, here's, another, here's another door that opens up. And I'm, I'm just keep – because you're you taking me there, man. I'm just going to keep getting these takes out here. Mm. Not only that, right? Not only can you draft players with the picks, if you trade down with the extra capital you get, you can trade for players that are already in the league. Look at all the names that we have that are being thrown yeah, out there at yeah. wide receivers. OBJ is constantly thrown out as being a trade target. Uh, Judy yeah. Smith-Schuster is constantly thrown out there as being a trade target. Allen Robinson's name has been out there as a trade target. 
we have issues That's in right. free agency. We all know that, that we, we drastically have to overpay free agents to come here, right? So do you want to go into free agency and try to battle for a guy who honestly is you're going to be his last option on his list? I always look back to like this last That's free true. agency where we yeah. literally go back and read the reports. We called uh, Fant multiple times to try to get him to come here. And he didn't pick up our That's calls true. until we were pretty much the last yeah. team. But you know, you look at Anthony Barr, where he, he did a handshake deal with us and then felt physically sick and then walked away from yeah. us. I mean, you've you got to figure yeah. out a way where, you know, you could get a guy in here and, and, you know, if it makes sense to trade for him, especially a, a wide receiver that's going to, again, continue to propel your offense and move forward with the young weapons you have, I don't see why we can't do that either. If we trade down and get enough capital – one of those picks could literally turn into a very solid veteran wide receiver, something we're looking for as yeah. we continue to get young players in this draft. I'm telling you, there's so many things that yeah, can be opposed with the to capital that, move, that we have. But you know what? Unfortunately, with the state of this team, we're not going to realistically be able to get the top-tier free agents at least for another year. Let's say we land uh, the cat from San Francisco. There have been some rumors, of, you know, the two brothers, one of them coming here. Let's say we land them. Right, we get Trevor on. Mm-hmm. We have an excellent draft. Joe Douglas does what he did this prior draft. Everything we propose trades down with that second pick, trades down with that pick in the second top of the second round. Parlays that into you know numerous picks, and we hit on half of those picks and start to tr- really turn it around. Then 2022, it could be on. Then all of a sudden, maybe some of the free agents that would have laughed at us and might have used us you know, leverage against other teams for higher bids for their services, they might yeah. actually consider signing with us. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the you thing know? is, we can turn it around. It's wanna... going to take time to prove ourselves, you know, prove ourselves to everyone. Yeah. The prognosticators, you know, who are laughing at us and joking about us, the uh, players mm-hmm. that are out there that wouldn't even give us the time of day, you know, because we've been run so yep. poorly. we got to prove ourselves. 2021 is yeah. the year to prove it. We've got to get our head coach. Yeah. We've got to get this quarterback situation right, and hopefully that'll be the foundation I'm looking for. Then the energy around this team, the fans, everyone, it'll be like we can finally exhale. We'll be feeling so much better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We get a hard well, I, ball, yeah, you know, and, and I hear you. I hear you. And, I, and I'm big. I'm big on making sure that we get the right guys in here as well. And I understand that people want the free agents. I, I do like free agents too. But let me tell you something. If we can get a lot of, I'm, I'm more focused on the draft because of the situation that we've been yeah. in for so long because of how free agency has gone for us. And I think that if we yeah. can get the right guys in here from the draft, especially a lot of these young players, maybe sprinkling a trade or here or there. For a veteran guy, yeah. you know, like I said, one of those targeting one of those big wide receiver names that we constantly talk about with the capital that we've gotten from a trade down. Let me tell you something. Yeah. We can be much better, much faster. Because I'm, t- I'm oh, yeah, dude, can. I don't want to spend another three to four years trying to figure, <laughs> figure out and build this. That's a 10 no. year rebuild. I don't, I don't think it's going to take <laughs> that long. I do not. I, I believe know. if, if we I'll take this thing right, Jets, if don't come up and ownership doesn't meddle and stick their nose in it and let Joe Douglas be the mechanic to work on the car and don't stick their nose in it. If the yeah. ownership is not stupid enough to interfere, let this man run the show. Get Adam Gates out of it. He should have never been our coach to begin with. It was stupid. The fans no. knew it. Everybody knew it except our bumbling, uh, knuckle-headed owners. Hopefully they finally, you know, wake up and, and smell the coffee and get him out of there and let Joe Douglas totally take over this program to where there's no question about who runs the show. Now with Gates there, there's a cloud over this thing. We don't really know who's running things. 
until we get Gates yeah. out of there. Then there'll be no yeah. question that Joe Douglas is the man. I know he'll be glad. He probably won't say nothing publicly, but I know he'll be glad too. Where he, you know there won't be anything hanging over his head. He'll be totally in charge. Yeah. I think by 2022, by the time we break camp, looking at how Joe Douglas has handled the draft and free agency, we will be competitive and we will be a threat by 2022. Mark it down. Yeah. And remember, I told you yeah, this. Yeah. by 2022, yeah. we'll be dangerous as hell. If we get our head coach okay. and if we get Trevor Lawrence, it's on. I'm telling you, mm. it's on. Okay. And then all the other dominoes we've been talking about are going to start falling in place. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, all the free agents we've been talking about, they wouldn't even consider us. <laughs> in the back of their mind, they say, oh, no, now. They got they got Harbaugh, and then all of a sudden, they got Trevor Lawrence, and they lighten it up over there and kind of putting out a great effort. <laughs> And playing really good. Oh no, this might be the time to go to the gym. Similar to the way it was with Rex no. Ryan. You remember Rex Ryan came to us? All of a sudden we made yeah, a big I move remember now. That. We got the guard, Alan Fanica. Our line was already coming together. We got Alan Fanica and then we got Damian Woody. And from what I understand, I heard we converted Brandon Moore from a defensive lineman into a guard, which is interesting. And then with the six round picks, mm-hmm. the little quiet one. We got the Brickershaw Ferguson, Big Mangold. And then the year after that, 2010, we acquired Cromartie and, uh, and San Antonio home. I think there was a falling out with San Antonio home and the Pittsburgh Steelers. So that worked in our favor. We didn't have to give up that much. Yep. Yeah, there was, a, there was, so there was a lot we had to do to put, that, to put that squad together. Yeah, we yeah, did. There was, there was quite there was a bit really we had to do to put that squad together. Eric Mangini, from what I understand, I don't think he got the, the proper mm-hmm. credit and recognition until later on we really found out more details about how that team was put together. The acquisition of Darrell Reeves, you know, all-time great corner. You know what I'm saying? The draft yeah. of Nick Mangle and the Grickishaw Ferguson. A lot of lot of little things were happening quietly. And, you know, obviously mm-hmm. we, we weren't satisfied because we were ready to win for years prior to Rex's coming aboard. And then once we got Rex, we got Fanica, the top guard in the NFL at the time, or one of the better guards out there. And then I could feel it at that time. I was really talking, wow, all of a sudden this thing is coming together. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, I, I mean, you know, that though that, that team was a beautiful team and you know the situation that we're in right now is tough. Uh but we're gonna figure out it going is, forward. But is. I gotta, you know, keep going because I got quite a bit of callers left and I gotta get back to these oh, yeah, yeah, these yeah. things. It's always great to talk to you. But my final question for you is before I let you go, give okay. me your final score prediction for this Jets and Chargers game. Oh uh, looking at the defense, it's gonna be twenty eight ten. I got to throw him the safety. 2018. You know how I do. Chargers? <laughs> and two points for safety. Yep. 2018 Chargers. 2018 Chargers. All right. Yep. <laughs> All right, buddy. Hey, man, listen, I want to thank you for calling in. It was good to speak with you next time I have a show, my friend. I want to hear from you, you know, especially we're going to continue forward. I know you want to call in. We're going to talk about the draft. We're going to talk about free agency as well. And, um, uh, so it was thank good to you, speak Joe, to you, my man. Me, you have a good night. Thank you for giving me this length of time. That was very generous of you. I know you got all, all other calls on the line, and I don't want to disrespect them, and I thank you very much for giving me the time. My pleasure. Absolutely, my friend. You have a good night. You too, buddy. All right. Woo, let me tell you something. All right, that guy from North Carolina, he calls in. You know what I'm saying? He calls in. He represents his Carolina. He, but he's a Jets fan. Uh, you know what I'm saying? He's a Jets fan. You know, he grew up, uh, you know, in New York. Uh, he talks about it all the time. And he, let me tell you something. He knows what he's talking about. And he's excited. He is passionate about this football team. He had a lot of great takes. 
And I know a lot of people, you know, want to talk about different things. I try not to go too far ahead. You know, I like to cover game by game, week by week here. But let me tell you, I got some takes for the future of this football team and what I think we should be doing. You know, and trading down, particularly in the draft, I think is going to be huge for us. It's going to be huge for us to be able to stack capital and then also stack the talent there as well. So, again, 515-602-9639, 515-602-9639. You can call in. You know, I know I have some callers. You know what I'm saying? I apologize to anyone that uh, I, I dropped, you know. Please call in, uh, 515-602-9639. I'd love to speak to everyone. I'm going to get back to this chat in a second, though. I'm going to come to the callers in a second, but I'm going to go to this chat, you know what I'm saying, because the chat, they got some things to say. You know what I'm saying? They got some things to say. Romeo in the chat, salute to you, Romeo. Romeo says, Beckton is so fun to watch, but this team will hurt him if they have no regards for his health. That's true. You know, we saw some issues earlier this year where he had shoulder injury and he was put out there even though he had the shoulder injury, and that caused issues as well. You know what I'm saying? So as long as we're, you know, careful with him going forward, I think we should be all right. Uh, Hopkins in the chat, yo, salute to you, Cliff Hopkins. Cliff Hopkins says, the young corners will gain valuable experience for next season going forward. I have no problem with playing the rookies in the secondary. Yeah, yeah, you know, I hear you. Um, and that's why it's so big for us to get these young players in there, man, you know. Give them, give them a chance. Go out there and figure out who these guys are. Give them some experience. Allow them to continue uh, to, you know, get some, get some plays in. Figure out what they need to improve on. You know, figure out if they even have a trait of a player that you think you can move forward with. Do whatever you can. Um, Kiltic, yo, salute to you, Kiltic. Kiltic says, uh, he's talking about Denzel Mims. He says, watch him get one or two targets in the second half after having a monster catches in the first half. He said it's almost so predictable. I hope not. I hope not. I hope that they finally figure it out and allow Mims to, you know, be a bigger focal point in the game. Uh, you got to figure out how to get the ball in this kid's hands, you know, early and often. Because, again, we've seen the plays. We've seen him make plays. Some of the catches that he's made has been phenomenal this year. So much going on with him. And we've also seen him just continue to get lost in the second half. You know, that's not – that's not good. That's really, really not good. So with all that said, I'm going to give my takes on a couple of things here. Uh, then we're going to wrap up the show again. I want to thank everyone for calling in. It's phenomenal to speak to everyone. So many great callers. Uh, I look at this situation going up against these chargers, our secondary. I'm really concerned about Hall um, and Jackson on Keenan Allen and uh Mike Williams. I'm also worried about Hunter Henry really getting loose, breaking loose and doing his thing. Um, you know, Flacco again is starting. I'm wondering how, you know, aggressive offensively we're going to be, especially if he's, you know, throwing the football downfield. I have no problem with him coming out and being aggressive, but he's got to be cautious. Like he can't just chuck balls up there like he was doing against the Patriots. And he had a crucial interception. You got to be smart about where you're throwing that ball. Um, you know, we don't need turnovers, especially against this football team, because, again, Herbert's a kid that I think can really get after it. Uh, again, I want to see Mims, P. Ryan. I want to see those guys get the ball in their hands. Uh, this is, should be a game where young players are really allowed to go out there and attack. Um, the matchup between Becton and Bosa, man, this is going to be something to watch here. Because, again, this is one of the, one of the better pass rushers in the league. He's going to be tested. We're going to have to see, you know, you know, we're, we, you know, is Beckton ready for a guy like him? Again, we've seen it from time to time. Uh, you know, we've seen him attack different people. So I want to see, you know, can he get after it? Can he, you know, do what it takes to, you know, really kind of,
kind of sift this guy out. Is Bosa going to get a sack in this game? I think that's going to be huge too. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of questions to be answered there. Uh, you know, and I want to see how these guys attack. But before I, you know, really give them go to my take, you know, and give you my score prediction, I want to go back to the calls for just a second. Uh, we got a caller calling in here. And I want to get your thoughts, caller, on this matchup between the Jets and the Chargers. How are you feeling about this matchup going into this football game? Joe, so I'll explain our son of a month for you. This game is going to be downright <laughs> ugly. I mean, the Jets are bad up at home, but they're even worse on the road. This is gonna, this is gonna oh. be murder. I mean, murder with a capital M. Wow. Be, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's gonna be, let us know. Go it's ahead. Be, it's be, I'm not holding nothing back. I mean, you know, we've had chances. You know, all year we had a chance against the England at home, and that got that got messed up in the last second of the game. And now we're going to begin. Mm-hmm. The Chargers have been better since they got rid of uh, what's his name. And, uh, you know, cause I actually thought the Chargers were going to do uh, worse this year, but they have shown how they have come alive. And, you know, us on the road, I mean, our defense, you know, was bad as it is. It's only going to get worse. Yeah. I mean, you know, I hear you. And I, I'm concerned as well with the West Coast swing. I'm wondering if we're going to come out and be, you know, look like we're just sleepwalking because we've seen that in the past as well with this football team. And you talked about some things. You know, I know you don't think we can be able to compete, but how many catches do you think Mims Mims gets in this football game, and do you think he should be a big focal point of the offense? Do you think he should get a ton of targets? Um, But drink me the second part of the question. Uh, Mims, do you think he should get a ton of targets in this uh, football game against the Chargers? I don't think so. Well, I I think he will. He will get a ton of targets, and, you know, like I said, their their offense, you know, is is better than our defense, so it's 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 like a mismatch, to be honest with you. Wow. So are you concerned that Bosa is just going to take over this game and just pretty much destroy us offensively? I mean, he's a pass rusher that has the talent yeah, to do I'm that. Yeah, I'm afraid so. You know, I think the odds are that you know it's Bosa's going to you know run amok. Wow. Wow. Look, I hear you. What is your final score prediction for the game? 118 to two. Ugh. No, 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 no. It's it's gonna be bad enough. I mean, I'm gonna say it's gonna be uh, 42 to 14. Who? 42 to 14. 42 to 14. Charges. Wow. Oh man. Uh, before I let you go, what is your final? What 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 are your thoughts about the comments of Jamal Adams about the New York Jets? You know, not wanting to win and him. You know, basically not not That's being able crazy. to stand why being would you, here. Why would you go to play if you're not going to win? I mean, at least you got to try to give some effort. And like, I think, yeah. oh, we're tanking for Trevor. No, you just can't tank for another player. I mean, especially for mm-hmm. a guy who doesn't even want to go. Does he want to go to the Jets? Like, what? I got to go play for them? I'm not going to get anywhere by going oh. by going for them. I want to play for a contending team, not a pretending team. Oh, but certain certain I hear players, you, bring... you know, have had that. I mean. Think back to when um, the little uh, little brother Eli, you know, and they were mm-hmm. in the uh, the Chargers out there. And he said, "No, no, I don't want to take my chance with them. I think I want to head somewhere else." So the Giants went out there. You know, it, it's it's nothing new that you know a player who is you know sort of like high caliber and all hyped up doesn't want to play for a team that thinks he's going to be like oh three and thirteen. 
one and fifteen or what the case would be. They want to play for like so I can get because my goal is to win a championship. Now I could wait eight to ten years to get one. Mm. I hear you, man. No. Listen, man, I want to thank you for calling in, man. Go ahead and throw out your social media, my friend, because I know you know you do a show as well. Give me your social media yes. and where they can find you and your show. Okay, it's why it's called Why do I want Why do I want to go to the Jets when I don't have to? Dot com. Oh, no boy. Uh, no, it's called the. I'm on face. I'm on Facebook, and uh, mm-hmm. you can reach me at uh, my name at Lutonorp. That's uh, my Facebook. Uh, you can reach me at my Gmail account, Lutonorp45 at Capital gmail.com, capitalize a G or you don't get squat. Mm-hmm. And my um, my sports program is called the Internet Sports Show. We're on Saturdays 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 49 out of 52 weeks of the year. Of course, holidays uh, don't count. Uh, the number to call mm-hmm. is 512-543-4662. I just finished a show about 90 minutes ago, give or take, and it was an interesting show because we covered uh, the, NBA, uh, the NBA draft, um, mm-hmm. We had the free agent. We had the free agent frenzy. We covered college football. Um, covered a little bit of MLS. I know ninety eight percent of people don't really care, but I do it anywho. So uh, we yeah, had yeah, some show. Like, yeah. Yes, I even covered this yeah, stuff that well, listen, nobody man. cares about either. <laughs> well, listen, man. I want to thank you for calling in. It was great to speak with you. You have a good night. Yes, I'll be back after the Thanksgiving break. All right, you have a good one. Woo, listen, that caller called. Listen, he he had fire, okay? He was fed up, and uh, he let people know how he felt. So salute to him for calling in. Woo, man, that guy called in, went completely crazy. I mean, he spoke his mind, you know what I'm saying? He spoke his mind. I'm going to get right back to the chat, and then I'm going to you know, go ahead and Give my thoughts again on this Chargers game. Yo, salute to everybody in the chat. All my savages, man. Venom G's, Roach, Matt Curtis, Daniel Roberts, Angel Reed, everybody in there. Portway, everybody, man. Salute to y'all. Oh, my goodness. That caller brought the fire. Matt Curtis says, uh, Joe, do you think that Herbert uh, is going to torch this secondary tomorrow? Ooh, listen. <laughs> Let me tell you something, uh, Matt. There's, you know, there's a possibility uh, because we got a lot of young corners. You know, coming in, you know, a lot of guys are, this is going to be, you know, their test and they're going up against a Chargers, you know, offense that has got some big physical wide receivers that, you know, really get after it. They don't play any games whatsoever. Um, going back into my take about this game, uh, that that's one of my biggest concerns is that these, these Chargers wide receivers are so big, especially Mike Williams. You know, these fade routes they're going to throw to him in the end zone. They're going to they're gonna do that. The, you know, guys are going to be tested. Hall, Jackson, you know, again, Gundry, Millette, Valentine, those guys are going to be tested. And I want to see how they come out of this. You know, what, what, what do they learn from this situation as well? Because, again, they're young corners, so they're going to get beat, you know, but do they get better? Can they learn from that? Can they rise to the occasion or are they going to crumble? We're going to see that. I mean, again, you know, Bosa and Becton, that matchup I think is going to be, you know, one to watch to really see, you know, how Becton handles him. Uh, defensively, I want to see how we get after Herbert as well. Um, we got to do something. We can't let him sit back there and have a party in the pocket. He can't just sit back there and just do whatever. We've got to find ways to get after him. I don't know if you want to blitz him a ton because, uh, again, you you send guys at him and he – he might burn us on the back end, but you got to let him know that this is not going to be an easy game. You got to bang him around. We got to get physical. And one of the guys that 
I think need to implement themselves in this football game and have an impact is Jordan Jenkins. I know a lot of people talk about, you know, other players that we have that, you know, have done some things, but I, I haven't seen enough of Jordan Jenkins this year. I need to see more out of him. I need to see him out there, you know, really making more plays than we say. I'm not saying he's a bad football player, but I just want to see more. So with that said, I am taking the Chargers to beat the Jets 24 to 10. 24 to 10, I'm taking the Chargers. I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. I knew I was going to get booed by the people. I understand. Listen, I'm a Jets fan. I love this team through and through, but it is what it is. You know, until this team shows me that they can go out there and play, you know, a, a, a full four quarters and go out there and get themselves a win, it's just tough, man. This Chargers team is too good. Uh, you know, their wide receiver core is too good. And Herbert, again, a young QB that's really out there chucking the ball around, that's coached extremely well. I just, I just don't think we have enough. So, all right, all right, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. Enough booing me. All right, that's enough. You know what I'm saying? That's enough. All right. I'm just trying to give my takes here. So I'm, I am taking again the Chargers uh, to beat the Jets, uh, 24 to 10. 24 to 10. I'm taking the Chargers. So, with that said, I want to thank everyone for watching. Salute to everybody in the chat as well. I'm the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search The Long, Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page. My content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth with folks about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback. I love hearing about what you folks think I do here on The Long Beach Joe Show. I'm also on Twitter as well at YoungJ000. That's three zeros. Go ahead and follow me. I'll follow you right back. You want to troll me? No issues. I am the troll that lives under the bridge, and I will have my Darnold jersey on as well. You know, hopefully he comes back uh, before the end of the season, but we'll see what happens. Um, you know, and I love going back and forth with folks. I'm also on YouTube as well at Long Beach Joe Jets. Long Beach Joe Jets is, uh, you know, where I stream. You'll find all my content is there as well. So go ahead and subscribe to that uh, channel. Turn on your notifications for it as well. And if you want to troll me, go ahead and get into the comments. You can troll me in the comments as well. I love going back and forth with folks there, too. And as always, people, when you see me in person, okay, it is arms out, chest open, free hugs for everyone. Free hugs for everyone. The hugs will remain free, especially in this time. It's a tough time to be a Jets fan. I'm not, you know, necessarily giving up on the team, but it's tough. <laughs> it is tough, let me tell you. Uh, but, you know, free hugs. You know, I got love for everybody on my Jets fans. So uh, you folks have a good one, and I'll be, you know, talking to you folks soon. Peace. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.